Hello, and welcome to Geek Space Nine, the Tuscan Shed Media Network podcast where we discover and or rediscover the classic Star Trek series, Deep Space Nine. With me, as always, is Peter Dancy. How are you, Peter? I am pretty good. Um, I, 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 got a, I got a call from I got a call from a friend of mine, um, and I'm going to make sure he listens to this episode later, so I'm going to name him right now. Angel, um, who, he, he, called, he called me about an hour ago because, because, uh, because two of his friends whose, whose daughter is his goddaughter, they, they live up in Austin, um, they're going to be having a birthday party for her in a, in a, in a, in a couple of weeks, um, a couple of weeks up there, and so he was already going to go, but, but he called me because he, he had the idea. He was, so he was like, do you want to just go with me for the weekend and have it be like a weekend trip up in Austin and instead of be like going for the party and then coming back that evening, we just stay the night and hit up the bars on 6th and 4th Street. And at first, I'm, and like I, honestly, at first I was like, and he was like, "Don't worry about it." I say, "Don't say, don't worry about it. Shit will be taken care of. You'll be fine." Like, like let's just go. Let's just go have a. Let's just go have a good. Have have like you know like our first kind of big boy va- weekend vacation now that we both have new jobs. And it's just like, okay, fine. Yay! <laughs> that sounds awesome. Yeah. And how about you, Sarah Becker? How are you doing? It is Easter Sunday, and I've been up since 5 a.m., yeah, but right. I'm also finishing my third mimosa, so Ooh. it's good. I actually plan on getting a mimosa uh, sometime later this late afternoon, early evening. I'm going to hit, I'm going to, I I'm, I may hit up the bars for like a couple of hours. I don't know. Well, mm-hmm. because mimosas. Yes. Very nice. I can get a picture. Well, I, uh, I have a, I have a, a job coming up. Which I'm excited about. Ooh, um, I'm going to be doing color correction for a documentary, a uh, feature-length cool, nice. documentary called "Disarm Hate." Uh, it is about uh, this guy who, after the Orlando Pulse massacre, uh, decided that people weren't doing enough, so he started his own rally. And he's just this guy in the middle of New York City started his own like big rally in Washington D.C. And it's also about these nine teens, uh, well, not teens, but like nine different people from. LA of different uh, gender and and sexual orientation backgrounds uh, all going in RV to go to the rally and so it's really cool. exciting I'm really excited that is about really it cool I uh, will let y'all know when if, if ever it's available but uh, yeah I saw the rough cut and it's a really uh, you know it's a rough cut so it needs work but it's a very good film as of now and I think uh, it's gonna be something I'm very proud of so I'm very excited awesome. about that, so I'll let y'all know yay yeah please do. All right. Well, this week we are talking about season seven, episode one and episode two, which are Image in the Sand and Shadows and Symbols. So first up is Image in the Sand. It has been three months since the wormhole was closed off, Jazia died, and Benjamin left the station. Shockingly, everything is going pretty well. Nah, I'm just kidding. This is DS9. Kira is doing well as the main station chief, but as she reminds Admiral Ross, he's just keeping the seat warm for Benjamin to come back. He informs her that a contingent of Romulans are aboard the station permanently as a base of operations, much in the same way the Klingons are. Kira is concerned because Romulans love their subterfuge to Taj. However, Kira is quickly won over by their leader, Senator Kretak, a badass lady who I shipped with Kira for like a hot second because that's what Me I Me too. Yep. Kretek asks if they could put a Romulan hospital on one of the Bajor's moons in order to avoid extra casualties that come from the long space flight to Romulus, because the space traffic on the Space 405 is always terrible. Kira agrees, and the hospital is built, but... 
Kira agrees and the hospital is built, but Odo notes a Starfleet ship was turned away and reconnaissance shows that there's a high level of bullshit going down down there. <laughs> sure enough, those dang Romulans couldn't wait one minute before stockpiling plasma torpedoes. Kira barges in to confront Kretak, but she reminds Kira that this is a two-parter, so they decide to figure it out next episode. Meanwhile, Worf is super duper sad about the death of Jadzia because Duh, it was Jadzia. Actually, Worf's friends note that it is rare for a Klingon to feel this kind of loss as they treasure death, particularly in battle. Worf relates that he is sad that Jadzia cannot enter Stovacor, the sort of Klingon Valhalla, as she died by a surprise attack. He could grant her entry by winning a great battle in her name, but he is stuck on convoy duty and is in desperate need of a real mission. They contact Martok, who... They contact Marktok, who, after some light batleth fighting, offers Worf a dangerous mission to destroy a Jim Hadar shipyard that will surely bring honor to Jadzia's name. Bashir, O'Brien, and even Quark decide to join the mission in order to help honor their friend. On Earth, Benjamin has become the worst kind of person, a sad piano player. Jake is worried about his father, but Grandpa Joe tells him that he has to give Ben time. When Ben's baseball rolls off the piano and he reaches for it, he sees a vision of himself digging in the sand on the planet Tyree, where he discovers the face of a woman he doesn't know. Ben becomes obsessive using the Make My Face app to recreate her. When Jake sees it, he recognizes the woman from a photo he found while cleaning around the restaurant. The picture is of a woman and Joseph holding hands. But when they confront him, Joseph acts like that video where the kid's mom opens a bong he ordered. Google it, it's really funny. <laughs> Eventually, Joseph goes full soap opera and feels that this woman, Sarah, was his first wife and the biological mother of Ben. Cue, you know intense piano music joseph hid this from him because he and sarah fell in love quickly but after a year of Beth joseph hid this from him because he and sarah fell in love quickly but a year after ben's birth she ran away to australia ben also finds a necklace of sarah's that has ancient bajoran writing that speaks of an orb of the emissary that has never been spoken of in any other text if all that wasn't enough a cloat rig figure appears in the alley and gives ben a good old pokey stabby before jake knocks him out and saves him they learn that the assassin was a member of the Cult of the Pa Rays, who seek to destroy the prophets, and their messiah might be a good place to start with all that. Ben recovers and decides he has to go to Tyree to find this orb, which he assumes is buried where he saw the image of the woman in the sand. Get it? The Cisco clan are ready to leave when a young Trill who recognizes Ben comes into the restaurant. Seriously, Ben, you can't guess who this is? Yeah, it's Dax, dum-dum. What do we think of Image in the Sand? So much is happening. Yeah, that, this is a lot to happen in like 40, 45 minutes, I'm just going to say. <laughs> Where do you guys want to start? I mean, we'll talk more about Esri next round since we don't really know yeah. her yeah. till that episode. Well, there but... are like three different plots going on. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm, just, I'm just going to start off with, uh, with, 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 one, with one thing that Ben brought up because um, I, I think you were watching the episode first, uh, Ben. Uh, Kira's haircut. Oh, we need to talk about Kira's haircut. Yeah, so I'm I, so here for it. It looks so good. Yes, yeah, yeah, so, I, I, I was the first who was like, and I wanted to. I hoped I was worried that Sarah would be like, it's not that bad, or not not bad, but what I'm about to say, I saw it and I was like, guys, Kira's haircut is so gay. So <laughs> like she gay. just needs like a night. She just needs Doc Martens and uh, Katie Lang CD to just be the ultimate '90s lesbian. Yeah, like with a haircut. Yes. And thankfully, you both confirmed that this is indeed yes, yes, a very gay haircut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sarah, I, Ben, Ben, I, Ben. I don't, I don't think you, I don't think you ever met her at Trinity. But, 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 Sarah from Trinity, do you remember Kim? 
Yes. Her haircut. That's literally what yep. Kira has. Yep. Then that is the and, th- and that is that is why I was able to. That is why I personally confirmed. I was like, nope, that's a gay haircut, and I mm-hmm. love it. Well, As a lesbian, I can confirm. Well, <laughs> neither I nor my girlfriend have this haircut, but, but it is recognized as a lesbian haircut. It's it's gay in layers too. Like at first, yeah. you notice that yes. like it's this, it's that like mismatch crosscut style. But then you see the braids, and you're like, hey. you're like, there we go. <laughs> so gay. It looks great on her too, though. It, it looks really wonderful. All the more reason Kira needs to be bisexual. Uh, Just saying. Hopefully, uh, Mirror Universe Kira has the same haircut. Right. <laughs> mm. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad I wasn't the only one who was kind of shipping her with Kretek at first. Just because oh, yeah. they were very cute together at first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, because I know for me, I was at first kind of a, like, trust no bitch type of deal. Just because reasons like I, just just because if if there if there was ever anyone from like off the station who was a woman and like came in contact with kira and they had like some kind of friendship type of deal possibility going on it's just like eh, 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 no so <laughs> there was that whole like hesitancy about it but I, but i was also just like they're a good team they're a legit good team they have they have good dialogue it's it's nice yeah no i was kind of sad that they end up partying uh unfavorably and having this whole mm-hmm. fight just because i did like them together and it was a nice change of pace just to be like oh two strong women who are getting along this is nice yeah, yeah. oh my gosh th- this is a little bit of a, a sidetrack it's a lot of a sidetrack actually having nothing to do with star trek whatsoever but uh the the two strong women getting along thing in uh, in my church service today um in our church, we do communion every Sunday, right. even on Easter. And um, about six or eight people will go up to the front and wait, and they will get the trays that the communion is on and then go pass it out to the different people in the pews. And um, our associate minister, who is a woman, uh, made a point of saying, I'd just like to point out that it's not very often that we have all female deacons up here. But nice. all the people who were passing nice. out community today and the associate minister were all women. She's like, and this is kind of a reminder that it was all women who showed up at the tomb to anoint Jesus after he died and right. they found out he was no longer there. And and then everyone in the sanctuary started clapping and it was a very girl power moment. It was just like, Yes. That's great. I what, love what, my church. What faith are you? I'm sorry, I forget. It's a Christian denomination called Disciples of Christ. They're okay. not the most liberal, but they're pretty up there. Right, right. I would say this probably the second or third most liberal Protestant denomination. Gotcha. That's out there. Yeah, I, I cool, rocked cool, Episcopalian cool. when I was uh, religious. Mm. That was my jam. Catholic light, as we like to call it. <laughs> yes. Catholic, Catholic, but not so extra, maybe. That's mm-hmm. another way of saying it. That's awesome. That's really cool to hear. Yes. Sorry. I just no. I had forgotten about that until right then, and it was a, a great moment in my day. We'll have a lot to talk about because there's just an element of that with Esri, too, which I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes. Uh, so what did you guys think about Worf being sad? Oh, God. When he was listening, to he made Vic sing Frank Sinatra. <laughs> it was so oh, sad. Like, it's a really sad song about, like, like loss I forget the exact song he sings but it's rough all the way yeah. all the way yeah 
Yeah, like I, I, I remember when that scene happened. I was just like, I was just like, you know, I'm actually glad now that Vic is like a li- like he's now an actual recurring character in this show, and instead of him just being there, it's like, oh, we just want to have a hologram. It's like, nope, he serves a kind of a purpose. It's fair. Yeah. I don't know. Vic, Vic is weird. He is weird. <laughs> it's really yeah. Weird. I'm yeah. I'm off and on about him. Part of me likes him, and part of me thinks he's it's it's weird. It's just in the I don't of the like show. how sentient he is. Yeah, how so yeah. self aware. Yeah, I how self aware he is is a bit much. I will definitely agree with that. It's like it's like it's like the, yeah. it's like the band the band is the band is threatening to quit. They're holograms. They don't know that. And it's just like you shouldn't either. But you do. Like, you shouldn't either. <laughs> it's so weird. Right. Reminds like, me of the Moriarty episode from Next Gen. That's right. Uh, yeah. giving, Except that was significantly more sinister. Yeah, giving holograms uh, sentience probably isn't the best idea. Which is yeah. weird too, because he's like, I trashed my bar. I'm like, it's it's a computer program. Can't you just be like reset bar? Right. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> what I was thinking. Like at least he's trashing odd. a fake bar and not Ten forward. I know they don't have ten forward, but you know what I mean. Yeah, quarks, not not yeah. quarks bar. Quarks, yes. Which Cork mentions like how mm-hmm. long before he jumps into my bar? <laughs> Which is, I mean, technically fair, but also you don't have a lounge singer in your bar, Quark, because that's just more money that you have to spend on on employing that singer. Hmm. Well, I'm just very glad that we're gonna have like we had two episodes of grieving for Jedzia, which I really appreciate. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I like that we actually dealt with her death directly mm-hmm. in the show. We can just start season seven by like, Dax, who? What? Mm-hmm. What? One? What? Do a, do a, a Willow, not Willow, um, Dawn joke. Ezri's always been here. It was always <laughs> right? Ezri Dax. Yeah. And uh, yeah, seeing Worf actually be sad actually did break my heart a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Once we finally liked Worf and Dax, they died. But I also like that he's not just going to be sad for like three episodes. It's, you know, I'm sad, but I know how to fix it. So I'm going to blow up a shipyard and do it. And then I will have honored my dead spouse and feel good about it. Yeah. And move on. And the, yeah, I thought that was a well, great potentially way move on until we get to the next episode right. or the end of the next episode, and we'll see where it goes from there. Yeah, and, and, uh, and, maybe wants to move on, but you know, his yeah, and, wife and is what, kind we, of alive in yeah, some senses. Basically, you basically said what I was going to say. Okay, yeah, this <laughs> is it's going to get weird. I think we all know it's going to yeah. get weird. Yeah, a little bit weird. Just, but yeah, I really liked that storyline, and I liked O'Brien and, and Bashir going along. I wish Quark didn't come along as much, but... Uh, same, Quark is an asshole. Also, yes. Yeah, he's a real dick in the next episode. People are being real dicks to war for the next episode, and I don't really understand why. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. Like, dude is sad about, about his, you know, wife. Sorry, go on. Well, the whole thing about um, Julian and Quark, you know... Quote, having been in love with Jadzia. Like, Julian, I kind of get, like, he had a thing for her the first couple of seasons, which is fine. But Quark just came out of nowhere, and he won't leave it alone. And I'm just, I'm over it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it feels inappropriate at this point. Yeah, definitely. Squeaky. What isn't inappropriate with Quark? 
That's very true. (laughs) Well, yeah, but often it's, you know, funny or even a little bit endearing in a weird Ferengi sort of way. This is just weird. It's usually Ferengi related. This, yeah, like you're, like, exactly like you said, this is just odd. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, let's talk to the to the meat of the episode, which is uh, Ben and his vision quest of sorts. Well, we, his vision quest is next week, but uh, learning about uh, his true origins. Yes. Origin story. Yeah. The Cisco is of Bajor. Cisco is of Bajor. So, yeah, Ben... Uh, Ben was impregnated by gods. Yeah, <laughs> so there's that. Yeah, I, I was like, I was talking to was I was I talking to Ben? Was it was it you afterwards? I I, I forget who I said it to, but like I I, I put I put in my notes. God, where 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 this God fuck shit, damn it. Um, <laughs> Excellent notes, Peter. Thank you. No, <laughs> I no I I literally put it somewhere in my put it somewhere in my notes. Never mind. It it, com- it comes in the next episode where I, where I say where I say it specifically. So yeah, I, I I won't touch. I won't say it until then. Yeah. But uh, um. Yeah, my I remember Kevin once was like uh, told me um, yeah the whole Cisco space Jesus stuff it gets more <laughs> it gets even more and now I understand because this is very. Mm-hmm. Very God, Son, Holy Spirit, you yeah. know. Uh, yes. This is very uh, almost immaculate conception in a weird way. In a very creepy, interesting way, which I thought yeah. was an interesting idea, which is that she took over possession of this woman because they knew that she wouldn't actually fall in love with Joseph. So they had to possess her and then have a child. And then they left her. And then this woman suddenly realized she was married to someone she didn't like. And she had a baby with someone she didn't love, and like that's fucking crazy. That's, that's very dark. creepy. That's that's, that's intense. Yeah, bordering very heavily on rape. I, you might. Yeah. I mean, not yeah, not I mean, at Joseph's yeah. fault, but no. this you know alien being forced someone into having sex and then carrying a child to term when she potentially wasn't even aware of the whole situation. Right, right. I mean, it's, it's or a it's, little to no say in it. It's just, it, mm. I mean, it's the same. Often, it's part of my promise on the Mary storyline. It's just a little bit of like, because from what I remember, Mary doesn't know until she's told. Right? She's just like, "You're going to carry Jesus." Mm-hmm. It's like, wait, what? She doesn't like ask for it, you know. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. so there are similar things of that, of like the yeah. weirdness of it, and the weirdness yeah. of prophecy too, of like, which I enjoy, which is like. So Ben is always supposed to be the emissary, but because you did it, that's why there's an emissary. So mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, what is it, the free will and what is the not free will? You know. Yeah, it, it's, mm-hmm. it's it's kind of, at least at least for me, like the kind of two things I like saw it as kind of smashing together. Um, and Ben, you might actually get a kick out of one of one of the reason one of the parts that's coming from. A little, a little bit of Kingdom Hearts and the possession of and the possession of like three different people by the same guy at three different times. It's weird. Uh, Don't ask me about it. The story is really co- convoluted. Never mind. Like I, yeah, you you would know better if if you like listen to Jack and I like just spout about that bullshit more. Um, but, but let's just say that Kingdom Hearts two starts with a two hour prologue with a character who doesn't kind of exist yeah <laughs> like that is like wow. yeah um it is something <laughs> um but 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 also but also kind of on a on kind of on a more serious note um it, it reminded me reminded me a bit a bit of the movie arrival with uh, arrival with with how with mm-hmm. how like how with um kind of 
going with the theme of of, of the language and on how and how like every word sentence whatever is is a, is a circle um you know once you know the language you just kind of see everything and how and, and, and how like with for the prophets it's like they already saw what was going to happen much like the octopod so they had to go like essentially back in time for us for them whatever go to like a, go to a different point in time to set stuff in motion so that so so that cisco could would be there to be the emissary it's weird that's that's kind of like a point something that i connected it to if that makes sense at all totally it totally makes sense the thing it reminded me a lot of too is uh even though this wasn't written by ronald moore it reminds me a lot of the way battlestar galactica did its prophecies and religions um i could just see that image of a woman's face in the sand being a a a battlestar galactica storyline it also had this Mm -hmm. blown out image what they do in battlestar for like to show that it's a prophecy they always overexpose it and so it's very bright and uh it looked like that similarly so i was thinking that Mm -hmm. like because by the way that desert which uh, they're in a bit more in the next episode is definitely the desert that they used to film Buffy's dream sequences in the the last episode of Buffy season four called oh, Restless. Nice, nice. I recognized it immediately as like that's the dream sequence. I know where we are. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, California. Yes. Actually, I wanted to see if I could find out where they filmed that. I would love to know. You know, I looked it up, and now I have, of course, forgotten the name. It has to be in the trivia notes on Memory Alpha. By, yeah. by, by the way, by, by the way, does Avery Brooks actually play piano? Because, like, that looked legit. Like, that looked like he was actually playing. I was not paying close enough attention, believe it or not. I mean, I mean, like, and like, like, I, 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 I did. I was like, oh damn it! Like he's he's a sad he's a sad pianist, happening. But 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 then but just because he was playing like blues jazzy type mu- like he like blues jazz music at his dad's restaurant, I was like, wait, hold up, this sounds too good to like for it to be like someone that they brought in and they're just like putting the recording over it. And so then I started watching his hands a little bit, and I was like, does he actually play piano? Because if he does, then I am so much more impressed by this by this man. He does. He's an actual jazz artist. He's oh my god! Um, what? Yeah, Avery Brooks has put out uh, uh, a couple jazz albums. Badass! I'm looking these up. Unfortunately, none of them have like fun DS9 titles. But uh, no. Yeah. yeah, I believe he's actually put out a couple jazz albums. That's cool. He gets to use that skill on Star Trek. Ba boom boom. Here we go. Sorry, we're all just looking at this now. <laughs> yeah, no. Mm-hmm. I, I I do want to say the fact the fact that there is a secret Bajoran cult that worships the Paw Wraiths. I love mm-hmm. that. I love that. I hope we see more of them. I love evil cults so now, much. Oh no, we are we definitely mm-hmm. will. Now that we know that they exist. Oh now 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 it's like you can't just leave that thread just kinda hanging loosely. I hope they have their own version of like uh you know how Satanists have like, you know, the upside down cross or the pentagram. I hope they have their own symbols. I love mm. symbols and creepy mm. stuff like that. When you like, add, when they you wear red robes. Of, yeah, when you add symbols. I found the filming real. location of the desert. Where is it? 
They were shot in Lancaster, California, near Palmdale at the Club Ed. Mm, gotcha, gotcha. Lancaster, nice. California. I'm a fan. North End. Very nice. Mm-hmm. I also did. This is a filmy thing. I like that they had this, you know, they had Joseph Sisko, who's like in his 70s, the actor. And, uh, like, he could barely, this is me, but like, he could barely walk when he's on the two shot. So when he's from behind, it's very clearly like a 40 year younger person who's <laughs> like had a hood over his head and is walking. Cause, like, clearly they were like, all right, Ben, just walk a little bit. We know you can't walk very far. So, Lancaster, California. I'm trying to find out where it is now. Mm hmm. But yeah, uh, this is an interesting episode. I mean, it, it definitely delves back into that sort of weird, interesting take on religion that I'm going to have to parse through one day because it's... Yes. Yeah. It, it again I get a feeling you're going to get even more material in this season. I think so. I think we're going full out. You know, we're, we're doing the whole Bible now, so... Yep. And it's the last season. Anything's going to be well, held might, back. Might as well pull out all the stocks. It looks like it's uh, the film location is about an hour and a half drive from Los Angeles. Maybe we'll have to go there and do a uh, scouting trip. Show you where the orb of the prophets. Pull out all the stops this morning because I was overpowering the choir, and I was like, "Alex, what is the point of an organ on Easter Sunday if I cannot pull out all the stops?" (laughs) I was very bitter. Sorry. (laughs) She's not. I mean, that's. Let's say you just come back and play some real like intense Bach or something on him. Just, mm-hmm. just really power it through. I mean, Jesus came back today, right? Like, it's, it's right? a big day. It's a big deal mm-hmm. day. All right. Well, I think that'll do it for our discussion of Image in the Sand. Next up is Shadows and Symbols. Ben meets the new Dax host named Ezri. She tells everyone how she was assigned to Dax... She tells everyone how she was not assigned to take Dax, but was the only Trill on board when the Dax symbiote was dying and needed a new host immediately or would perish. Because of this, Ezri has not had time to become accustomed to this new crazy psychic experience and is a wee bit flustered by it. She agrees to go help Ben and the Siskos find the orb. Back on the station, things are heating up between Kira and Kretak and not in the fun way. She pleads with Admiral Ross to do something, but he does not, as the Federation does not want to piss off their much-needed allies. Noting that the plasma torpedoes don't have the launch sequences needed to arm them, Kira states she plans to go over Starfleet and blockade the Romulans from the moon. Kretak forces arrive, and we begin the most intense game of Space Chicken and Trek history especially Kira, who is massively outgunned. Ross and Kretek plea with her to stop, but she does not. Meanwhile, on the Rotaran, Quark and the other non-Klingons are not as sure anymore about this crazy plan to help Jadzia get into Stovacor. Since the Jem'Hadar shipyards are near a sun, they plan to fly as close as possible to it and cause it to go supernova, destroying the shipyards, all while trying to outrun the giant exploding star. Quark, in particular, is upset that Worf doesn't seem thankful for them helping him out on his quest, but Worf doesn't really seem to care. Martok talks with Worf and convinces him that his friends are there to help Jedzia, and he should be thankful, so Worf apologizes, which O'Brien notes is a first. They attempt at first to set off the reaction, but fail, and are presumed by three Jim'Hadar ships. However, on the second run, it's a success, and the Rotaran escapes. All the ships and shipyards are destroyed by the sun. Worf sings the praises of Jadzia, and with that, she is granted entry. Meanwhile, Benny and the Jets arrive on the planet of Tyree after a long walk. They dis- Meanwhile, Benny and the Jets arrive on the planet of Tyree. After a long, frustrating walk, Ezri throws Ben's baseball into the sand. 
He runs to where it landed and begins digging there like a madman, much to the concern of all. After many hours, he finds the orb, but before he opens it, he finds himself once again as Benny Russell, the writer. He is in a mental institution where he is writing the story of Deep Space Nine on the walls of his cell. His doctor, Wyckoff, urges him to put down the writing pad and paint over the story. On Tyree, Sisko is about to destroy the box, much to everyone's horror. Esri pleads with him to think of what Jadzia would have wanted for him. Benny considers painting over the stories, but fight backs and begins to furiously write again. Sisko opens the box, and the prophet escapes, flying into the wormhole, where the paw rays are expelled and the wormhole opens again. Kira, who begins to consider wavering, learns that the wormhole is back and decides to stand her ground. Kretek relents, and Ross, while scolding her on her actions, notes she did a good thing. Meanwhile, Ben sees a vision of every of a single prophet who takes the form of Sarah Sisko. They tell him that they took the possessed Sarah in order to make her fall in love with Joseph and bird the Sisko. Once he was born, the spirit left Sarah, which is why she fell out of love with Joseph, because she never would have loved him by herself. When asked why, they said that Ben is the only one who could be the emissary. And with that, they leave Ben with so many damn questions. Ben, Jake, and, Sis- ben, Jake, and Esri return to DS9, where Ben is greeted as a hero, and Esri tells Worf they need to have a real weird conversation. What do we think of Shadows and Symbols? So I realized we learned about Sarah in this episode. but <laughs> yeah, yeah, but this is kind of a two-parter. Yeah, so, for yeah. sure, for sure. Just real quick before we talk about it, did you guys catch who played Dr. Wyckoff? No, no. but it looked familiar. It is Damar. Oh. Ooh. The head of the Cardassians. Cool. I thought that was clever. I thought yeah. That was clever. I like that. Um, yeah. What did you guys think of this episode? I mean, if we were looking for the, for the Messiah Jesus allegory connection, they gave it to us full force mm-hmm. in this episode. Like uh, mm-hmm. he goes to the desert, he's tempted. <laughs> Literally know? is tempted. Yeah, yeah. I like that they they keep it ambiguous that you still don't know if Benny is the storyteller or if it's just a, a test or whatever. Yeah, which I yeah. really find interesting because uh, it it could be either way. It could be that we're just watching this psychotic man's continued stories, or uh, it could be you know that it was just this vision. Uh, or it could be an alternate reality. Who knows? I take it as a bit of both an alternate reality and and the and a vision. But I take but I take it more as a vision. I take I take it more because it, because of like like the exact time that it came. I take it as more of a vision of of, of temptation of, of just like hey, there's a power wraith who's somehow just right here and just like destroy it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do um, it. Do it. <laughs> do it. Um, trying to keep, trying to keep him from like you know releasing the profits and which is exactly what the cult of the par rates would want and instead instead of him doing what he needs to do as the emissary and releasing them back into the wormhole so that's that's how i interpreted it it was it was more jesus's 40 days of 40 days in the desert trials because they were in fact in our desert yes right because doesn't refresh remember but doesn't the devil show jesus like that he could live a normal life with like a family and yeah. stuff yeah 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 he mm, yeah it, it's, it's not, I not don't know if he shows him that not, but he's like you know you could 
you know, turn this rock into bread and you'd not be starving. You yeah, could, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or you could, you know, jump off this cliff and God would send angels to keep you from hitting the ground. And, and then I think the third one, I think the, 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 the third one is like, he, he, he takes, he takes into like, to like, like another out, like another cliff or whatever. And he's like, literally everything that you see right now, you can own, I can give it to you and, and you'll be safe. I mean, there's a, there's a very good film uh, where Ewan McGregor plays both Jesus and the devil doing the Jesus's Ooh. 40 Days in the Desert movie. It's very good. I recommend it. That's cool. Do you remember and, what it's called? And uh, most people now just use it to make uh, like Obi-Wan solo movie fan trailers. <laughs> of course. Naturally. Uh, yeah, let me find that. Yeah, you, you know, McGregor. But yeah, while I, while I look it up, what do you think of this episode, Sarah? I mean, this is where we get all of the creepy information about um, the prophet Sarah Sisko. About how she takes over, you know, the real Sarah Cisco. Yes. Is, you know, we talked about that in, in the, the the first half. Um, I'm ready to talk about Esri. Yeah, should we talk about Esri? Oh, real quick, it, the film was The Last Days in the Desert. So that's... Ah, thank you. Called. Gotcha, yes. gotcha. Yeah, check it out. It's pretty good. Um, so, yeah. Uh, do you want some context on Esri and the actress first? Or do we want to just go into what you thought of her character? Let's have some context. Yeah. All right. So the Ezri is played by Nicole DeBoer. She was most he a genre actor. She was in a great sci-fi horror movie called Cube, which there's a sequel to Cube, which has the greatest title of all time: Cube Two Hypercube. Damn it! Uh, I thought I thought it was going to be Orb. <laughs> I uh, I love Cube Two Hypercube. I've seen it a dozen times. Thank you, Cable. Um, nice. And she also starred on The Dead Zone. Not sure if you guys watched that, but I used to watch that show. So. Mm-hmm. I know, I know um, of The Dead Zone. Yeah, so um, part of what's interesting is uh, why she's another lady. Um, there's sort of debate about that. Terry Farrell wanted it to wanted Dak's next host to be male because mm. she felt that would be interesting to see Worf deal with that situation. Mm-hmm. Um while the showrunner Ira wanted to um, have her be female, because then uh, if they didn't, uh, Kira would be the only female main cast member, <laughs> and they felt that was unfair. Ah, uh, that's I see. I see both points. Mm-hmm. Um, so and they went through a, like a very long casting process, and uh, Deborah was just a, f- a friend of one of the uh, uh, showrunners, and they saw her tape and they were really impressed with her um she didn't really know much about the show before starting but she said she did a lot of extensive research and talked to terry farrell about her character uh and they sort of kind of wanted to do a, a storyline more about uh, since jenzia was so confident about someone who was not confident in dealing with all these sort of things uh, yeah so that's the idea of her character so anyways that's the context uh what you guys think of her mm-hmm. and her performance She's adorable. I thought her performance. Yeah, she's she's hella cute. Um, I can't she, deny uh, she kind of reminds me of Katie, just that she's short and has black hair. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I mean, I don't see it, but that's all. It's I, just I get short where and black you're hair. From. It's very yeah. surface level. <laughs> mm-hmm. But continue. Um, but yeah, she she's very cute. Um, but uh, the way that she became joined. I mean, isn't that a little creepy? Like, presumably she had to give her consent. Right. 
to it because, you know, she was there and all, but she was the only trill on board. And, you know, I think she said she like, I didn't even you know really want to be joined or wasn't planning on it. And I don't know, maybe it's because it happened in the same episode where we found out about Sarah Cisco. I reacted negatively to that. Right. Mm. A lot of I guess. Issues. I don't know. <clears throat> yes. No, for sure. It is. It is odd that, uh, there's no backup plan for these mm-hmm. sort of things. But I guess Pa Rays cause a lot of problems with deck symbiotes, I guess. Indeed. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I guess they figured three months wouldn't be long enough for them to have gotten a new host body. Yeah. yeah. It was probably their assumption because these things always take forever, right? And I think those symbiotes live in those that weird pool mm-hmm. for a while and then they get joined. Um, no, because Jadzia got joined like right with Curzon, like he was there. Remember in the first episode? Yeah, I, I do remember that. This. So maybe not. Yeah, yeah, maybe, um, maybe, maybe not for like the symbiotes themselves, but at least people who want to be joined. It, that's that's the long process. Right, right. That makes sense. That- yeah, but I can agree. It's a little weird, uh, and it's a little bit um troublesome if it's like. I don't like all these voices in my head, you know, because we like yeah. Dex and we want Dex to be <laughs> happy to be Dex. Mm-hmm. And there might be uh, something odd about, yeah. Now suddenly, like she tries wreck to Gino and then realizes she personally, like Esri hates it, but previous yes. Dex has liked it, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. So that was cute. That's a neat idea to be like figuring yeah. that out. And in terms of, you know, a, a character study of trills, I think her portrayal will be really interesting. Right. I think this is a good example to see how Trills accustom themselves to being joined. It sounds like mm-hmm. from what she's saying, like with the the people, the 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 joining community or whatever, that uh, they aren't really very clear on what to do if you get joined sort of quickly. I guess all your like planning and processing happens beforehand in right. the case mm-hmm. scenarios. well yeah because that's that's what's supposed to happen is all of the the hosts are meant to you know go through this extensive interviewing process and then get paired with a suitable symbiont and right you know, yeah. the the likelihood of all of that panning out is very rare yeah, and didn't. But she was previous... just like, "Well, you're here, and if we don't join you two, Dax is gonna die. So here we go. Open up. So boom, go. Right, and it like couldn't they just have kept her in? Well, I guess once you're joined, you can't be unjoined, right? And that's the whole. That's what deal. she said. Right. Yeah. Right, right. So they can't just put her in there and just for like safekeeping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'm surprised they couldn't put the symbiont into some sort of like cryogenic stasis or something. Yeah. Right. I would think that with yeah. all of their advancements that they that they would have thought of at least that contingency plan. Especially, or, especially uh, if they're moving it like that great. Or distance. at the very least, do you think that she would have to like stay in quarantine for a year? Because remember that this Dax symbiont was a serial killer at one point because mm-hmm. of a bad joining. Oh my god, yeah. So you're right. this this very symbiote has had problems in the past. So um you would think that she would not A would not be allowed to leave for at least a year or something and B not go back to her old job as her old previous self that's particularly weird I guess she's an ensign now but not a lieutenant Mm -hmm. but still like maybe don't put her on DS9 maybe 
Maybe maybe yeah, two close somewhere else. Okay, yeah. okay, wait. Well, I think they did address that. It was because Dax was so well acquainted with Benjamin and, you know, because they're in the middle of this war and Dax already knew about all the stuff that was going on, uh, it just made sense for tactically specifically yeah. the Dax symbiont itself to be back there and mm. Ezra just happened to be the poor host who was only an ensign and therefore of course had to be sent anywhere she was told. <laughs> Mm, yeah. This is basically about the worst internship ever, is what you're saying. <coughs> Pretty <laughs> much. Okay, okay, so wait, actually, remind me, because it's because it's been a minute since we watched that episode um, where, um, shit, the, 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 the guy, the guy, the guy who invaded, the guy who, like, busted on DS9 and took Dax's symbiote from her, who, to move from her right. from from her and then like the, the woman that he showed up with he was like he was like what he's like i'm too good for you and i'm too good for you and, and they cornered him yeah. so i so i do remember like I, I dax's life was in danger while that episode was happening what happened though to the guy when the symbiote when the dax symbiote was put back in jadzia i can't remember if he died or not i think me neither yeah because i think they also said that if you do it no i can't remember I'll have to just look it up. I think the episode is called Trill. Yeah, because because I'm, I mean, I mean, maybe 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 he did in fact die. I don't know. It's it it's been like two three. It's called Dex. It's been like two three maybe four seasons since that episode happened. So I forget exactly how that one plays out, which is why I brought it up because it's been so long. Mm-hmm. But I mean, but I mean, Sorry, it, in a second. No, you're no, you're fine. I mean, I mean, in any case, with with them saying in season in season seven, it's like it's like if you take the symbiote out, you die. It's like 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 not, like not the symbiote, but you die. It's like well, I guess it's canon now. <laughs> Whatever they said that's most yep. recently. Mm. Yeah, let's see. Invasive procedures is the episode. Mm, that's mm, right. Mm-hmm. Varad. Uh. No, that's right, because Varad lives, but now he's, like, like super depressed because he used to have, like, be connected to this greater thing, and now he's not, sort of, like... Yeah. I guess guess then we could, like, assume that that, that in in Esri's case, in Esri's case, maybe maybe because, you know, of just the circumstances under which it happened, it would be, be like, most unwise to disconnect her from... I think they said some mumbo jumbo that like if it's more than a day then you can't like detach them or something reasons reasons it was enough time that it was not bad yeah the one line of dialogue fix (laughs) Mm -hmm. I I can accept that yeah but what you guys think of uh, of uh, of Worf's mission you got Jetsy in the Stovacore that was badass it was nice yeah it was very cool. I like we said earlier. It was annoying that everyone was like not on Worf's side. It was like, dude mm-hmm. lost his wife. I think he's, and like Quark especially. You're here for really dumb reasons, so you can mm-hmm. shut up. You know. Yeah, and, um, and, it, and and they do in fact keep telling Quark to shut up, which is great. <laughs> right. Yeah. He does. But it's it's usually Julian who says it, so he says you know Quark instead of Quark. <laughs> is, shut up, Quark. Listen, Quack. <laughs> yeah, it's great. <laughs> I uh, uh, I did like the line, yeah, where he's like, "I just want 
Worf to say those two words to me. And he goes, be quiet. Be quiet. <laughs> those are two good words. Yeah, those are very appropriate words. No, yeah, this episode just proves that, like, Quirk isn't necessarily a good bartender. He's just going to have people spend money on drinks. Now, mm. I, I always want to sh- wish the show had had, like, a, a proper modern-day CGI enhancement a la, you know, Star Wars without the terrible meddling. Mm. But, uh... This episode in particular was really rough. The explosions of that of spaceship the looked bad. It made me realize how good particle physics have come because, like, they look like Lego blocks exploding. Yes, it was they rough. Do. <laughs> it was rough. I know it's '90s and it's cheap, but boy, that one was not their strong suit. Maybe, maybe that's also why they kept the design of like that abandoned shipyard so barren. If they had to do any yeah. more, if they had to do any more, then it would have looked even rougher. Yeah, I don't know what the point is, just that they did it. You don't have to really see the explosions. It doesn't really matter, I guess, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and, yeah, and, pro- and, pro- and props, to, and, and just like within the context of the episode, props to them being, props to them being like, so instead of going head, headlong, head deep, they said to them like headlong into battle, let's just blow up a shipyard. Is that okay, Worf? Yeah. And Worf was like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you guys think of the Kira and Kretek story? That was an interesting kind of tense. Mm-hmm. It was tense, but I don't know if it really added up to anything. Yeah. Which yeah. Which is which is why it's interesting because it's like, oh yeah. Because Ben just comes back and takes back his position, so. Mm-hmm. Like... But it did, I guess, let Kira sort of earn her new position as Colonel. We didn't talk about that in the last episode, That's by right, the way. True. She is now Colonel Kira. Which is hot. very exciting. Yep. It's like this is like it's new, like oh I'm Colonel now I'm a throw- new title new haircut <laughs> new title new haircut and sli- right. and slightly slightly new outfit like ever so slight since I'm mm. since I'm growing a new look does that mean I'm growing up in rank do I get to be yes <laughs> yes okay you know actually I do wanna... I, I can actually the same for me yeah so so Sarah right? get on it yeah. you, you need something you need to do something new like, <laughs> like dye like dye your hair get I a slightly different about cut haircut. would you get a very gay haircut. <laughs> I don't know. Like I wouldn't shave one side of my head or anything. No, no, not not that extreme. Right. I, I, you don't need to do. You don't need to be Haley from Zeta Chi. We said we didn't say gay haircut. It's a gay. We just, haircut. Said, we just said gay haircut. <laughs> <laughs> no, you have nice long hair. I would. I'd be a little sad if you chopped it off. Yeah. I think. Katie's talking about um, getting her haircut. I mean, not not like Kira short, but maybe a little bit shorter than mine. Okay. Um, so she can like donate it to Locks of Love. Oh, nice. That's nice. Um, if I did that, mine would absolutely be Kira short, but like previous season, Kira short. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like Pixie. Season six. Right. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. So, no. Nope. Is there anything else to say for uh, shadows and symbols? Mm. Ben was being no. kind of a dick when going through the desert about about you know caring about his dad i just want to yeah, say he was, he was a crazy man he was just he like was mm-hmm. nuts. or i was all that mad it's just like your dad clearly needs rest hey dad you fine yeah i'm totally fine as i'm being held up by my grandson and and, just, and ben's just like okay cool we're fine he just keeps going it's like wow mm-hmm. okay 
Yeah, I'm sure Ezri was like, why did I come back there? This fan is insane. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. She's saying that, like, Ben, I don't think you used to be this crazy. Yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, de- this is definitely new for you. <laughs> All right. Well, that has been our episode this week. Next week, we will be discussing season seven, episode three, and episode four, which are After Image and Take Me Out to the Hollow Suite. I wonder what that episode's about. Three, mm-hmm. yeah. As always, I want to thank my lovely co-host for joining me every week on this journey. Our theme song is by Captain Meatshield. You can check him out on Twitter at CBTN underscore Meatshield. Our awesome artwork is by Joe Bowen. We are part of the Tuscan Shed Media Network. You can see more of our shows at TuscanShed.com. If you like the show, like, subscribe, rate, and review it any way that you can. It helps new listeners discover our show. Until next time, this is the crew of Geekspace 9 signing off. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening.